Hey loves, like you, I desire an abundant life and its lifestyle and to continue to show up as my best version of self, where we win in life to reclaim, rediscover, redesign an authentic and genuine self. And yes, this is intimacy on a whole new level. Welcome. Join us at claritywithsue.com. Again, that's claritywithsue.com. Good life. Good morning, everybody. How is everybody doing? Benny, aka Superstar. Hi there. That's it. That's all. That's it. That's it. That's I was it. expecting more of like, ta-da, at least something ver- like more of an announcement. Yeah, right, well, I guess. There's not a whole heck of a lot. Hand signals work too. Yeah, we're all cooling yeah. down out here in Seattle, aren't we? Wow. Yeah. Hundred. Was it a hundred? I don't think we've got that hot, but in some areas it was low 90s for sure. So it was very warm, but I think the rest of the you know, United States are trying to cool down as well. So it's not just us. Oh, I know. Yep. But you know what? There is nothing like the Pacific Northwest. I know. I know, oh, right? It, I mean, there is nothing like it. Oh, I love it. So welcome, you guys. Clarity with Sue. Uh, if you want to get a copy of this show and sign up for the newsletter, that would be the best way. And you just go to claritywithsue.com and you sign up for the newsletter. And we kind of joked about it last show about love bumps. <laughs> you should go back and listen to that one, folks. That's a good one. You should. It yeah, it's a good one. Fun. Sacred sexuality, getting love bumps, all this beautiful goddess conversation leading me into today's guest. Again, all you got to do is go to Sue or no, claritywithsue.com and collect all the information there. If it all go to your inbox, I don't spam. I don't do any of that. It's once a week. We make sure that you have all the content and information that you need. I pull cards uh, and it's just, you know, a way to remind ourselves and uh, to get messages from source and you take what resonates and then leave the rest. Uh I also, I want to remind you guys, I've got the online Clarity, uh, Craziness to Clarity program running right now. We are going to be doing an in-person PCC, which is your personal code of conduct. And that is creating, you know, you know, teaching you how to create your own code of conduct. And it's really important with that clarity, because that's going to give you that self-confidence and that alignment of who you are and how you're showing up to be. And in addition to that, you're going to be attracting all those beautiful people that align with what you and how you're showing up to be. We're going to be doing that in person and you can sign up for the uh, wait list. And that's at Sue Lundquist or no clarity with Sue. I keep going back to my name, clarity with Sue, <laughs> but that's all right. Must be me. the heat. It must be the heat. You got to cool down a little bit, slow down a little bit. Slow down. Yeah, it's just, I got, there's something going on with the energy here. Mr. Red Hook. Hi. I got, <laughs> there's, come on, there's something there. No, you're nope, just going to. Just, just okay. a shirt. Uh, just a shirt. Just All a right, shirt. you guys. Yeah, the old Woodenville Red Hook. That Didn't they move mm-hmm. that to downtown Seattle now? Uh, I don't know for sure. Maybe. Sure. You can look it up Maybe. online. Everything's Maybe online. Look it up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're goofing off, uh, you know, guys, all with the intention of just loving on you. And it's a new perspective, new thoughts, new ideas, and it's a new you. I like to say it's, you know, we're going to love you into 2.0. It's still the same you. We're just going to give you a little bit of 
adjustments and some education. And with that being said, how about learning about your goddessness, that juicy goddess and that archetype? What does that mean? We're gonna we're gonna kind of unpack all that. We're gonna talk about culture. We're gonna talk about theory. We're gonna really dive deep into what this archetype stands for, how this can show up in your life, and if and and the the whys and the hows and all that beautiful and and my guest this is actually her third book she's been on the show before because i was i was like looking at her i'm going wait a minute wait 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 this is just way too familiar um so uh, with that let me get to the formal bio and then we're going to reintroduce her again and then also her third baby her third book's coming so the first female lineage holder of her distinguished Vedic, is it Vedic or Vedic? Do I say, is it? Vedic. Vedic. Said it right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Vedic tradition. And I've got, this is, I want to break this down for you guys, because this is actually really beautiful. And we were talking about uh, her title and her name and the meaning of it. And there's so much to be said for this. And it's Acharya, which is the title master. She's a master teacher. And her name is Shunya. Did I pronounce that correctly? Beautiful. Yes, so good. She is an internationally renowned scholar, teacher, author, speaker, and scholar of non non-dual wisdom from India, which we're going to talk about because this is really important within the archetype and also the conversation around culture and how that's evolving and changing um, for the woman and the man. You know, I mean, there's that contrast, right? She's the founder of the Awakened Self Foundation and the nonprofit. Is it Vedika Global Inc.? Did I pronounce that yes. correctly? Platforms yes. headquartered in Northern California that empowers, educates, and inspires a global community of students through online courses, workshops, and retreats. These conversations are furthered by top-rated podcast, Shadow to Self. Ooh, that's a whole nother deep conversation. I'm just going to bring you on, sweetheart. Let's get to know you again. Welcome. Hello, hello, hello. Great to be back. And I remembered from last time your energy and I just love it, Sue. Oh, thank you. It's, it, yes. And I, I feed off of the energy that's coming from the guests too, and also our audience, right? And advocating, I can feel them. Okay, so I did your formal bio, but of course, and like we did on the other show, let's get to know you, your background, your why, and then we'll start talking about your third baby, um, your book coming up. From Roar Santa Like a Santa. Goddess, yeah. Yes, Roar Like a Goddess. <laughs> I love it. Well, then there I was, born in a distinguished family in India in the 1960s, and I didn't know why this is so special it felt special I was loved and happy but apparently my ancestors have been well-known renowned teachers for generations and generations and because we are an ancient culture so we can trace our um, our family and our lineage back to ancient books of wisdom known as the Vedas. And these Vedas, the Veda literally comes from the word to know. And this is, this is pre-religion. Be, before any religion like Hinduism or Buddhism or Sikhism began in India, there was this quest to know your higher self, 
to know your spiritual potential, to be able to commune with the universe. And this is what is contained in the Vedas and my family has been forwarding it forever. And apparently 2000 years ago, our ancestry began with a man and a woman. And then it was all men for a long time. Um, and then here I am in the 21st century, once again, um, you know, uh, the, once again, there's a female back in the lead. And uh, I live in Northern California in the Bay Area and have students worldwide. And, uh, you know, I started forwarding this wisdom that is deeply spiritual, but at the same time, it helps you embody a sovereign mind, a sovereign life story. Mm -hmm. That's why my second book is known as Sovereign Self. And um, I was like, you know, people ask me, your story, Shunya, and really my story was also contains darkness, also contains shadow, because I was not only challenged in my journey uh, in my own country, even I came abroad, I saw everywhere that some of it had to do with my gender and some of it had to do with me internalizing mm. unasked self-limiting beliefs, like an internalized um, belief that uh, I have to explain myself more, I have to prove myself more. <laughs> Tell me if that's familiar. Oh, come on. I think that's, yes, a massive common thread, not only for me, but for many of us, right? Many of us. Many, yes. And despite having a pretty progressive life and a family and a, a tradition, I was like, wait, I am, I'm explaining myself too much. And that's when I began roaring with conviction and strength. And that gave birth to my book, Roar Like a Goddess, because I went back to some goddess storytelling that I'd grown up with in India, where the, the goddesses were roaring with power and with sexuality and pleasure and peace and conviction. Without and the shames and the fears and the cultural, exactly, oh, exactly. liberate that energy, brothers and sisters, yeah. liberate. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Beautiful. And then You're I found like that they've been roaring women in every culture, every culture. And we're celebrating that, I think, here soon. Oh, I do. And I think, you know, roar like a goddess. And we got a lot of stuff going on in, in our world right now, and especially today and, and things happening with the contrast of, and I say contrast in love, it, it's it's just an adjective to describe. Um, we, we need the contrast to get clarity on what we want and what we don't want and how we're showing up, how we're not showing up. And I think, uh, or I don't think, I, I feel that your next book is so timely in providing that clarity to the goddess within. And I wanna talk about the goddess within and what culture or the U.S. And, and your culture as well, and, you know, culture as the whole within the United States and how that's all evolving and what you're witnessing. And I think that awareness is really important to give people hope moving forward with everything that's going on. Would you agree? I would agree. Yeah. But I wanted to, I wanted to bring alive the goddess theory, the goddess archetypes again, because the goddess in my explanation and understanding is not just an airy fairy deity entity that's outside us, but that goddess is within us as our own empowered self. And she's sleeping within all of us, but the right words 
the right teachings, the right mythology, the right archetypes can empower her. And then there is a goddess beloved in my culture known as Durga. And Durga rides a lion and she roars with her. <laughs> she's really cool, right? She doesn't meow, she doesn't beg, she doesn't seduce, she roars. And I felt like it's timely, you know, especially after the Me Too movement. Yeah. And just this ongoing progress. But then I still saw that women worldwide were still, we need to have empowered conversations. And uh, I guess my well, book let's is- define, I think it's empowered conversations versus controlling or manipulating, right? Because there's, yeah. there's plenty of that. Let's have a really educated conversation around all of this. Please go ahead, honey. No, I agree with you because an empowered doesn't mean perfectionism. Mm -hmm. An empowered conversation means accepting ourselves radically, including uh, our traumas, including our shadow, including where we weren't able to um, triumph in life. But that's all part of us. Like a river moves forward. She doesn't leave a drop herself of herself behind. She carries all of it. The stained and muddy drops too. We have to move forward with that. And, and that empowered me because I'm a spiritual teacher. And spiritual traditions, I'm a... I'm a uh, I'm a teacher of a tradition that holier than thou tradition. And I could totally wear my robes and pretend like I got it together from the moment I took my birth. But I deliberately choose to be enlightened, but vulnerable at the same time, like an enlightened vulnerability. Like I have knowledge, but I have my human vulnerability. And that makes me a goddess. On the world stage, we got to owe up to our shadow, just like there is dark and then there is light in this world. They are both parts of us. So the book is not just about roaring with this, like you said, outer controlling or outer achievement. It's also roaring with mm, allowing for our pain to surface and yet be really proud. Does that, does that oh. ring? Oh, does it's juicy. Yeah. Yes, of course it is. So what I'm gathering from it is, and, and audience, I need you to hear this as well. It's not this roaring, this massive roar like a goddess and free nilly, yada, yada, yada. It is, it's, it's an essence of my language, self-love within the self, right? Male or female or as a culture. And roaring, you froze up, sweetheart. Where'd you go? Hey, Benny. Yeah, she did, unfortunately. Let's try this. Um, how about we take a quick break and we can try to snag her back, okay? okay. Sounds right. good. We'll be right back, you guys. Bear with us. A new day, the game has changed, the pieces in place. Hey there, everyone. Sue here with Clarity with Sue. You also know me as the host and creator of the Gratitude Cafe. Please sign up for the newsletter so we can stay in touch. All you got to do is go to claritywithsue.com, sign up for the newsletter. And I am creating vitality, abundance, and resilience. I want you to win in life and to reclaim, rediscover, redesign the authentic and genuine you. If that sounds juicy and yummy, come over, let's have a conversation, sign up for the newsletter and or the coaching program, 
and the C2C Live online program. Again, that's claritywithsue.com. that's going on with the goddesses in the house. Benny, you're a goddess too, sweetheart. Oh, well, thank you very much, Sue. Yes. All right, audience, welcome back. Sue here with Clarity with Sue. All right, we, uh, gosh, we were talking about roaring like a goddess, but roaring like a goddess in the sense and the essence of authentic and genuine. These are big buzzwords, like anchor words for me, authentic and genuine, like it really anchors me in. And I say that because we're like a goddess has, has that same theme. You know, it's not about this free nilly. It is, it's, I don't want to use the word controlled because that's not the word I'm looking for, but there is a, there is a clarity (laughs) around all of this. And if you are clear on your self-love, your goddess within, right? that roar like a goddess is a true, authentic, genuine love. And that, and we were talking about culture and, and the differences. And I would like for you to continue with that, if you would, please. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up the word authentic and ingenuous, because I think for me, really roaring is about claiming your authentic voice. It's like a lioness uh, would roar. And if she forgot her roar, and that means she's forgotten her power. And mm-hmm. I personally feel that Uh, We are all um, sons and daughters of a great divine feminine energy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the Vedas, the tradition I come from, Sue, defines a divine allness as divine masculine, divine feminine, and divine formless, and divine transgender too, really. So that's really beautiful. All-encompassing. All-encompassing. And I want to claim that divine feminine aspect of me and awaken that power and claim my authenticity, whether I want to shed a tear at that moment or whether I want to be fine and courageous, but I want to be authentic. I want to take off those masks. I want to be scriptless and I want to birth myself again and again in a given moment. And so that was really important for me. And for culturally, Though my tradition, yes, rolling into that. I know, but rolling into that, let's pin pin that right there because providing a space of our goddessness, ah, and having that safe container that allows, permits, right? Okay, here you go, babe. Go, I see it. I I love those words, providing a space for our goddessness. I'm gonna have to borrow that. Yes. Pin it, babe. It's all you. Oh, my God. I'm going to write that up, providing a space for my goddessness. So if I'm going to walk into a room, I have to provide a space for my goddessness to shine through. There you have it. I got goosebumps. I got goosebumps. No no more shrinking. You birthed that slogan. (laughs) God, I love it. So much. And I, I speak that because there and 
And I speak that in saying that I diminished myself, I lowered myself, and I take full accountability and responsibility for that. Wasn't an easy one, right? Well, what do you mean? I'm the one that's allowing that to happen, diminishing ourselves, right? So when you choose diminishing yourself, male, female, whatever that, that energy is in your humanness, how you're showing up, again, going back to roar like a goddess and providing that space within yourself. Yeah, and, 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 you know, and I take accountability, but I also looked at how diminishing ourselves is almost like a viral infection. It's like a pandemic. And as little children, we come in really full of ourselves and our self-love is clear and sparkling. That's why we're so attractive. But then slowly we are conditioning each other and falling asleep to our own love, to our own worthiness. And, and I think you and I and all of us, we, we fall asleep to that inner roar, to that inner permission, to that inner goddessness. And, and really my book is about reclaiming that. And it's about, for example, I talk about, yeah, generosity is great, but uh, but when it when is it not great? Right. And contentment is great. We're all taught to be spiritually content, but when does it become containment? <sighs> you know. Um, so these are some things I wanted to look at, not just as an Indian woman, not just as a woman, but just as a being who's being indoctrinated to be kind. What kindness is my nature, but also. Um, but you cannot really be kind without being authentic first, because then you go into rescuing behavior, don't you think? Oh, rescuing codependency. We can. Oh, there's a whole. <laughs> Come on, sister. There's a whole ba- a whole batch of stuff we can have that conversation for sure. But if we walk in, if we create a space for our goddessness, then we will check in. Like, is this true? Am I breathing? you know, my truth to my power. What's going on here? It's really subtle, but we start looking in and we change. The dynamics change when we change. Everything changes. Just breathing that in for a minute. You know, providing a space for the goddess within. And this is universal audience. This isn't just goddesses, the feminine female that we see in the world showing up. Make sure, I want to make sure that we communicate that again. We have, we talked about that. Oh, you've got this look on your face. Go ahead, talk. <laughs> yes, but the, go- the goddess is not tied to a pair of genitals, okay? No. <laughs> the, goddess not- <laughs> no. the goddess is a consciousness. She's an attitude. The goddess is a worthiness and this every male, female, binary, non-binary, gender, everybody has to be empowered with it. Gosh, my dog walks around with his goddess shining, you know, he's such an entitled being and I saw (laughs) you. The animals in our lives have got such a great mirror for us, don't they? It's a great connection to the goddess. Yeah. So good. And I, and I joke and laugh because my, my Levi, you met him um, at the beginning and we are so much alike, goofy, silly, full of love, healing, you know, and I've, I've had so many people say, you guys are so much alike. And I'm like, what? I'm, I kind of giggle and laugh, but it's true. You know, it took, you know, 12, 14 years for our souls to come back together again. But all right. So I segued, I squirreled a bit. So let's talk about you had you had alluded to your 
Indian culture as a female, so the culture and as a female, let's unpack that a little bit and, and, and talk about how that culture is evolving and changing from where it was before. It's really interesting. Often the scriptures prohibit um, feminine empowerment or at least contain the feminine shakti or power. But the Vedic scriptures, which are the oldest books of wisdom, not, not dogma. We have a- That's very important to say because it's, it's mm -hmm. not a dogma, it's wisdom. Not a dogma. Books. Yeah. And it's, they created for a gender neutral society. And I came across ancient, ancient teachings, like thousands of years old, which are asking the female to lead the legislative assembly or, you know, make a family if she wants or be the lawmaker if she wants. So there was all this freedom. But then the India I was born in, in the 1960s and the planet I was born in was steeped in patriarchy, in androcentrism, in the male, male only Control, narrative. control. Control. Right. And, and though, but I was lucky that I was born in a family, almost like a bubble of sorts that, you know, I never realized that I was any different from my brothers or my cousins, male oh. cousins. And I grew up to like really, you know, be in love with myself until, until reality check, I got married and for the first time, and I walked into a, a typical setup where now suddenly I was second class citizen. And I tried to toe the line, I tried to give the others a chance, but ultimately I had to walk out like in a roaring manner, never look back. And, um, you know, I, I had to not only change that like personal setup where I had more freedom, but I had to look at what part of me had believed that I was even worthy of a few minutes of second class treatment. Like, where was I okay with it? Where did I nod along silently? Where do us women in the corporate ladder or in any part of the world agree to be second class people? Because then and now, nobody ever treats me second class because I will not allow it inside me. So it's a- Your so inner a, goddess, my friend. Yes, and that's for everybody. Exactly. I know that we're talking because if you're just joining us, we were talking about a culture specific question that I was asking. However, we're talking about the inner goddess and providing that space of your inner goddess, regardless of male fee. It doesn't, it's not a gender thing. So please continue, Junya. Yeah. So I think then I found that there was a pan culture, like a worldwide culture of women and people of other genders sometimes taking a second role and even men, even the poor men being forced into silos of like, you know, men shouldn't cry, men should have their chin up, men can't feel their feelings. I know. So it's so non-human to just be stuck into being in a script because of your gender, because of your, and God forbid, if you are someone who's a non-binary gender, you're still looking for who you are. Well, find your inner goddess and roar with who you are, including if you don't know where you are. It's all okay. And, and accepting yourself radically at every step of the journey is part of the goddess journey in my belief. And mine as well. Let's, let's, there's something that's coming up for me. So I think the audience is asking this roar, roar like a goddess, finding all of that within us, regardless of gender. 
accountability, responsibility for myself. Yes, it's roar like a goddess and showing up for how you are and, and how you want to show up in the world. What's coming to me is that finding that balance of kindness and boundaries and also honoring your inner goddess. Can we have that conversation? Yes, I'd like to because, and that's why I've gone back into the Indian mythology and I've come up with three goddess archetypes, Durga, Lakshmi, and Saraswati. And Durga owns her rage. Like she's mm. super soft, super kind, but, and she, but, she, but she's, she doesn't question her rage because her rage corrects what's wrong for herself and for the whole world. And Lakshmi is a goddess of pleasure an unapologetic pleasure, sexual pleasure, recreational, beauty, wealth, you know. Love it all, party, love it all. Party. And, and so in a way, they, these archetypes are showing us that your power, your pleasure, and finally Saraswati is a goddess of wisdom, but she has an interesting story. Like, you know, she, she, she's supposed to have a mythological partner who kind of made her invisible and unimportant. But she's said to be the goddess of wisdom. How? Because she's shown like, like playing her own music. Why? Because she didn't put up with being made to feel unwanted or invisible. And she speaks up to her mythological partner to say, we're done. But she doesn't leave him in the sense of like a, a heavenly divorce. She stays around to co-create something, but it's like a marriage, which is based, a partnership based on agreements and agreements that were called by Saraswati. You said, this works for me and this doesn't. So it's almost like an open marriage where you keep some things working for you and some things not. So it's not a black and white situation where you're either in a loving situation or you're out. It's also about saying what works for you what doesn't, what do you want to validate and what do you want to say, no, thank you. And so these kind of goddesses and their archetypes and their stories, I felt were worth a universal storytelling because then we get ideas on how to respond to the culture of inequality, which is universal and which is eternal. Somebody or the other, no matter what is your gender, is feeling oppressed. And we can use these mythological characters and mythological stories because Sue mythology is timeless. And we can move forward with those stories. Yes. And again, finding that goddess within. And I love the conversation that we had about men too and providing that space for them to have their vulnerability, to have their space where they can feel what needs to be felt so they can move forward through their fear, their doubts, their shames, their guilts, whatever that is, and roaring their goddess within. Non-gender, non-binary guys, that's what we're talking about here. All right, roar like a goddess. We are gonna take a quick commercial break. Uh, if uh, you'd like, you can join us live still on YouTube. All you got to do is go to YouTube. You'll see us. You'll hear us. Just type in 1150 AM and you will be connected on YouTube as well. Thank you so much, Benny. Guys, we'll be back in about three minutes. Sue here with Clarity with Sue.
loves, this is Sue with the Gratitude Cafe and my website, Clarity with Sue, creating vitality, abundance, resilience. It's clear mindset. Clarity is your fuel and your gas pedal for all that you desire. Win at life and reclaim, rediscover, redesign the authentic and genuine you. Come get some freebies at claritywithsue.com. That is claritywithsue.com. It's time that you are heard, and I don't mean in just a conversation. I mean really heard. Imagine hosting your very own radio program on Alternative Talk 1150. Talk about being heard. Call 425-653-1150 right now to learn how affordable it can be to host your own radio show. Time slots are going fast, so take hold of this chance by dialing 425-653-1150. Alternative Talk, we have an opportunity waiting just for you. Hi, I'm Dr. Shelley Place with today's tip for kids from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Kids are full of energy, but keeping them active in their teen years can be a challenge. Aim for an hour of physical activity every day. If they like sports, that's a great place to start. Keep the focus on fun, not winning, and encourage your child to do a variety of activities. If your child isn't meeting that 60-minute goal, gradually increase their activity in ways they enjoy. For more, talk with your pediatrician or visit HealthyChildren.org. Alternative Talk 1150. It's good for what ails you. This statement has not been evaluated by the FDA. I am woman, hear me roar In numbers too big to ignore And I know too much to go back and pretend I've heard it all before And I've been down there on the floor No one's ever gonna keep me down again Well, yes, I'm wise But it's wisdom for the pain Yes, I paid the price Oh, thank you. Welcome back. Quick commercial break. If you missed it, we were on YouTube and we we've, were talking about uh, forced obligations and um, what society not taking on what society regulates as a norm or how I should be. And the words that I used is, I don't owe anybody anything. You don't owe anybody anything. Now, granted, kindness, love, and compassion are the forefront in my virtues, right? And that kindness, like you were saying, that's one of your, that's how you were raised. And the value that I hold dear is that kindness and love and compassion and boundaries, right? So let's go back into that conversation. Well, you know, I do want to say though that um, most spiritual traditions, whether it's from India or any other part of the world, they teach things like kindness, generosity, nonviolence, forgiveness. And I was brought up in it too, but because I'm a scholar of the Vedas, I, I got to see some parts of the teachings that are not so popular, but they're very important. For example, the Vedas mention that even rage is appropriate when it is protecting ethics and values. So I was like, wait, wait. So my anger is divine and worthy. If it is, if it is, if it is, if it is being channeled for self-protection and protection of the weaker gender or animals and nature and the environment, yes, 
another dharma value or goodness value I came across was being straightforward as in being, um, being straight like an arrow. You know, and it's mentioned that make sure that before you get into a relationship with someone, your heart, your thoughts, and your, your feelings, your thoughts, and your speech, they're all aligned. Are you true to yourself first and foremost? And I'm like, why, why aren't we taught about these things? This is great because really only then can I even profess to be kind to someone because I'm being kind to myself. My well, you can mirror, feeling. right? I talk yes. about this all the time. And it, when I catch males or females, specifically it's been males lately, buddies of mine, and they'll have this sarcastic or, you know, something negative that they'll say. And I'm like, whoa, would you say that to me? Would that be loving and kind? And they're like, oh my God, no. And I'm like, well, we're a mirror. We're, you know, I, I say loving me is loving you is loving us. And do you even mean it? Did you check into your heart? Are these your thoughts? And for example, when people are being nice to us, how wonderful it would be if each one of us connected with our inner goddess through authenticity, ultimately. This whole planet would become such a easy uh, plane of existence to navigate. But most of us are, you know, we're caught up with spiritual values of kindness and nonviolence and peacefulness. And here I found a tradition and teachings which said even your rage is appropriate when it stands up for self-protection, self-respect, self-esteem. Like, yes, yes, I want to highlight these teachings too. Of course, it doesn't allow you to self-indulge your rage or be entitled and frenetic, but it's That's telling important. us. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. like in my book, I talk about conscious rage and unconscious rage. Or even superconscious rage, where your rage, the rage that Nelson Mandela must have felt, you uh, know, to bring about Shunya, what I'm getting with that was the conscious rage. When you say rage, there is this kind of heavy, negative, scary connotation to the word rage. I don't, I don't believe that's what you mean. It's a rage yeah. within you of the inner goddess that the force. It's the mm -hmm. force. Now, guys, using that force, that frequency, that energy to good, it's not focusing on the negative. It's not focusing on the cultural um, adjective that says rage, you know, that heavy, angry. It is that the Mandela's of the world that are focusing on the frequency of love and change and acceptance, right? Right, because rage is a divine emotion, like every yes. other emotion, and it rises to tell us something is not okay. So rage is, it comes with force and thunder because sometimes it's a survival mechanism, but it also allows you to say no when you should not be saying yes or being silent. It also allows you to make change because when you get angry with your own eating habits is when you start eating healthy. It's when you get angry with somebody taking advantage of you sexually or other professionally is when you install a boundary. And too far too many of us have suppressed rage in the process of being holy, but then we stop being whole as a result. And I want to bring contemplation on what is good rage versus stupid rage or not good rage. Right. And let's let me flow all my feelings and emotions. That way I'm more correct. 
you know mm -hmm. I, for example as a woman i was told that angry women are no women they are not attractive they are not feminine they are hags they are nags they are shrews that's oh. what's the worldly understanding and so i suppress my rage for a while and with that i suppress my emotional intelligence i suppress my ability to say no clearly but now that my anger as well as my peace can exist within me i can discern when what is appropriate oh right there guys did you hear that she has a process in place before all this happens meaning you're very clear on what that looks like because that's yes. super important right you have a process in place to discern what's coming up for you right discernment is key and that is what this book is about it's not just about be angry you know no, burn your brow using examples of different yeah. kinds right and yes. having the acceptance yes. of that language not saying rage as the negative cultural connotation that rage is you know you you have this horrible commercial visual when you hear the word rage right yes. and it's it's not that it's to use for good the mandelas of the world right yes. i like that contrast the bondies like of that. the world yeah, yes the bondies. yes yes, yes. and that. and it was a rage against the self diminishing that was going on and the other diminishing that was going on that it is my rage that became this beautiful book because that rage made me say let me do something constructive because of it let that's me say it. no it's a constructive rage yeah. conscious yes, constructive conscious rage, rage. Yes. conscious rage and you talk about that in your book right you unpack absolutely that i give clarity the goddess is not about entitled foolish self destructive planet destructive rage no uh, it's all about being conscious and using it to greater good let's look at that let's look at that contrast because being aware and i talk about this so much i mean that's why i have this platform it's creating that clarity that education and new perspective new thoughts new ideas right and the contrast is like many of us i know i'm i've been there and there's times where i go unconscious i'm i'm totally real about all of this where I'm bringing this up are those that are so shut down and paralyzed, big words, shut down, paralyzed, spinning out. That's the huge contrast, right? Because there's so much fear and shame that's holding you in that past, whether we talked at the beginning of the hour, whether it could be a cultural norm, past fears, behaviors, and roar like a goddess brings you into the reality into tools into stories um myth mythical beings what what are the names your three that you were saying a minute ago the the durga, durga lakshmi saraswati yeah oh i love it so when is your next baby out september so roar like a goddess is available everywhere for pre-order and uh, the book and the audio book where i have given lots of free flow you know additional pieces they're both coming out on september 6 so it's not too far and just a few weeks away it's being birthed and the book is uh, it uses few stories not lots and lots of stories but it uses few stories and then i take them apart to bring out the universal choice that we have to remain unconscious and with it unconscious 
powerlessness, unconscious anger, unconscious fear, unconscious self-diminishing and being okay with it versus becoming, connecting with our inner Shakti, our inner goddess, our inner power, and then bringing a certain awareness, a deliberation, a discernment to it, and then moving forward with those new tools. Mm. And it was found that, I've been teaching these teachings also, by the way, Sue, for more than a decade on the world platform. And those teachings have now become a book. And I found that people across the culture, across genders, across religions have been attracted by these universal archetypes because Durga represents that our power is in place. At least we're not showing it off. We're not using it to suppress someone, but we're definitely using it to not become oppressed and to not, to not, and to move forward with our life goals with you know, a certain uh, positivity, a certain courage. Well, I like you gave it. Such, I know, I love it. You gave it a name and a visual and it's very tactile for me, right? I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. I'm bringing that goddess in. I'm coming in on a lion. <laughs> you know, when I was a child, I was nine or eight year old. I was being bullied by a kid in school. So my grandfather, who's also my teacher said, well, you know, think, think of yourself as Durga and go to school on a lion. So I used to walk to my school. And the next day, I kept thinking that I'm like riding on my lion, like a goddess roaring. And you know what happened, Sue? The bully was waiting in the hall for me. And she wouldn't meet my eye. She just kind of sulked and walked away. It's almost like when you know your power, others know it too. You don't have to announce it. No, that's you don't you have to like hit them on the head. Yeah, got it. You yeah, got it. That's you got it. Owning the inner goddess, you're male, owning. female, gender yeah. binding, none of that. It is you yeah. owning it, yeah. having a yeah. practice in place, right? And learning what that is and getting clear on who you are and how you're showing up. And that, like we were talking at the top of the hour, that presents itself in your 3D world of people. Sue, unfortunately. Sorry about that. Uh, let's do this. Let's just sneak off to. Yeah. yeah, it's okay. Sue, did we get you back? No. Okay. So, uh, folks, sorry about that. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with more from Sue. A new day. The game has changed. The pieces in place. And now we're moving. We shine in this new life. Hey there, everyone. Sue here with Clarity with Sue. You also know me as the host and creator of the Gratitude Cafe. Please sign up for the newsletter so we can stay in touch. All you got to do is go to claritywithsue.com, sign up for the newsletter. And I am creating vitality, abundance, and resilience. I want you to win in life and to reclaim, rediscover, redesign the authentic and genuine you. If that sounds juicy and yummy, come over, let's have a conversation, sign up for the newsletter and or the coaching program and the C2C live online program. Again, that's claritywithsue.com.
Oh, surrendering to higher self and source and that inner goddess. Oh yeah, sisters and brothers, I'm roaring in on my lion. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Okay, we've got about two more minutes. Is there anything that you would like to wrap up with our show today? Well, I just want to thank you for having me on. And uh, I remember coming here for my first book, Ayurveda Lifestyle Wisdom. And you, you know, you were so, uh, you were so supportive of it. And the book went on to become the top 10 books in alternative medicine in America for that year. And I'm just, my publishers, Sounds True and I, and a lot of feminist voices from across the globe are excited about the birth of Roar Like a Goddess because it's not only a new way of telling the old truth, but it's a very empowering way because those archetypes are connected to source. And when we hear those stories, that same source, which is common to all of us, just begins singing and chanting from within us. So I'm excited. I'm really excited. I'm excited for you. And I'm excited to get my copy in my hot little hands. And we have been talking about roar like a goddess. And this is the Gandhi energy, you guys. This, This isn't the... The, the shame and the guilt and the control energy. This is, this is the goddess within you, male, female, all, all of which, and uh, tapping into that higher, ser- higher self, owning it. And uh, you don't owe anybody anything. And this book is going to walk you through some beautiful, beautiful stories, analogies. I, I love analogies and stories with life because life is a big analogy. I mean, we've got, we learned so much, so much. Shunya, it's been an absolute delight. Of course, I will keep supporting and loving on you and let me know how I can best be of service to you, your tribe, your people, and a big thank you to you. And sounds true, of course. And Benny, thank you so much. We had a lot of energy happening today. We zoomed in and zoomed out and all the good juicy stuff. Uh, Roar like a goddess, you guys. I love you. I will see you next week. And until then, each of you are a gift. Get out there and share yourself with the world. We're here, a brand new gear to show what we got. Here we go. It's our day.